0: Hi and welcome to another episode of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. I am so excited to introduce to you a very, very, very special guest this week and someone that's very dear to my heart, Deborah Silverman. Deborah is part psychologist, part astrologer, part comedian and all real. She has a master's degree in clinical psychology and has been an astrologer for over 40 years. She's written a book, hosted a radio show, runs a hilariously awesome YouTube channel with millions of views. And most importantly, she has just very recently completely changed my life.
1: Welcome to the show, Deborah. <laughs> that was a great. I like that last line. Thank you, thank you for letting me be here in Aruba. Oh my god, thank you for coming. Yeah, on that was show. magical. How? A lot of people are asking already. How, why are you here? How did you? Well, end it's up here? transformation. I mean, really, essentially, people come to me first, like you did for a reading. How did that happen again? So so anyone listening will know that uh, I had Trevor Hall on the podcast and
0: he was raving about you and that astrology changed his life and you changed his life and how he's all into astrology. And it was for me the first time I ever heard someone talk about astrology in a way that was very much about personal development and emotional healing. I I, I never heard that side of things and it perked my interest. And then uh, we have a mutual friend, my old assistant, Krista, who through Trevor and you somehow reached out and asked if I wanted to read it. And I was like...
1: Okay. <laughs> that's what happened to Trevor. He was not going to go for it either because people have a bad opinion about astrology because it sounds so woo-woo. But I am because I'm a therapist, I bring it down to practicality. So that's my specialty. And that's transformation like how do you apply this woo-woo stuff to actually make it so you're getting along with your husband, so your kids happy, so you know how to eat, like practical things. Some people are speed freaks um and some people are turtles. Some people are super slow and you and I get to give permission slips and go you slow down. You keep going. And then they go, oh, thanks. I feel so much better. Yes. And for me, it was, that
0: was the first, I mean, I feel like we've talked about astrology for the past four or five weeks of this podcast, or oh, at really? least touched on it a little bit. Because the first reading I did with you, one of the big things for me was that I walk around feeling guilty all the time because I sort of should be slowing down. So I'm always going, going, going. And then I'm like, oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. I have to stop. I have to meditate. I have to be still. I have to relax. And then I try to relax and I'm hating it, and I'm going crazy, and I, I can't just relax, and you, through reading my chart and kind of my predisposed nature, gave me permission. And now to do my, you know
1: why? Because you're double fire. Because I'm all Like, fire. trying to tell a fire to slow down. Like, that's not fair. It only runs hot. The fire doesn't go medium lukewarm. It's only hot or it's off completely. And the same thing, your air, your sun sign's in air, and your moon and your rising are fire, so you're combustion, whereas other people who are earth and water are like, hmm... It's a totally different personality type. So, Like my husband. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't want to say that. Yeah, exactly. So in the book, The Missing Element, you take a test in the middle of the book and you figure out what's my missing element because that's where the art becomes. How do I balance? Like, what do I do to create the missing element? And you can tell them all about your Like, what am I lacking? What do I need to invite more? Well, before we dive into all that, because I know there's people listening
0: right now who have no clue what you're talking about, the sun and the moon and rising signs and all this stuff. So for someone that's brand new to the idea of astrology that maybe only has had the experience of opening a newspaper and in the back there's like this little tiny two sentences about Libra, this is your week. And it's just kind of applies to everyone. I feel like that stuff always does. And there's a lot of skeptic people
1: out there. So what is
0: astrology? Great what question. It so
1: it's the oldest science on Earth. It was written in Egyptian old history in hieroglyphics where they could look at this pattern of where the... I find this completely amazing. They knew where the planets were and they created archetypes and myths to all the 12 constellations. Now that's the part where I go, really? How did that get translated 5,000 years ago and it's still here? It's like we can't say... So everyone knows what their sun sign is. That's curious because it's an old memory. So what astrology is, is it's got this archetype typical mythical long view that it came with but it's also pure astronomy like remember the charts we looked at Mm -hmm. so where was the sun and the moon and mercury and venus the day you were born and they literally use the longitude and latitude of where you're born they take a snapshot of the heavens and they give you a chart so the chart is pure math it's pure physical reality where were the planets now the interpretation and the symbology and the archetypes and all that mythology that's like way in these archives, of these Egyptian great, I wish I, one day when I grow up, I'm going to go there and open the doors and go, did one you? One day when you grow up, And, they're I gonna, love that. and then they're going to say, I knew her. She was here in the very beginning because I feel such an alignment with these. Like, I remembered astrology at such a young age. And many people listening are either believers and they've believed in it. Did you have any belief in astrology when we started this? Not really, no. It was no. not part of your language or...
0: No, I mean, I, I wasn't a skeptic either. I, I was very neutral and open to it. My husband was a t- complete skeptic and thought it was all bullshit. And uh, the fact that, that he had a reading with you and went, wow.
1: That's my favorite thing. That was, So, so you know, for all yeah. of your listeners, you don't have to have a reading with Deborah Silverman. I have on my website certified astrologers that I've trained. So this is an ancient science, more to your point. It comes across all of time. I brought it into modern day English because it's very abstract. Like my Venus is the seventh house opposite Saturn conjunct yeah, my... What ne- does that mean? Yes, you don't need to know. It's kind of like going to the doctor's office and they start talking. And you're like, can you just tell me if I'm going to live or die? Like, don't, <laughs> I can't understand them. So I translate it. The simple answer is the planets really do influence us. This is... You had that great skeptic we were reading on your... Um, yes, let that me, was let me so, read it he because was, I took a screenshot of that. It was a woman, I think, actually, um,
0: who wrote because I shared yesterday that it, that it was getting you at the airport and I was so excited And um, she writes, The evidence collected over decades has convincingly proven that astrology has no physical basis and the relative positions of the celestial bodies has no impact on events that occur on Earth. There has been no peer-reviewed research performed in the field of astrology, and there has been no progress in understanding the basic concepts upon which the field is supposedly based. Astrologers often disagree with each other, and there are several flavors of of astrology. None is better than the other. Like, she puts some thought into this. That was well-written. She should be a writer when she grows up. What do you think, based on this comment, what do you think? Well, what, what sign is she? What,
1: she's what? probably a Capricorn or an earth sign who mm. wants hard evidence. Remember, earth is all about money and numbers and practicality. So she, her mind, wants evidence. <clears throat> but the truth is, we can't see love. We can't see gravity. These are two things that we can't live without, and they're invisible. And there's no way to measure love, and there's no way to measure gravity. So we're not dependent on the outer world exclusively. We have to suspend, any yogi knows this. There's a whole magical realm. So... Having said that, there is research, so she's wrong. Hmm. There, there has been research done at the School of London School of Economy. They've talked about the patterns of the economy going through rhythms, and they've actually reduced it to where's the cycles going according to Jupiter and Saturn. I won't bore you with the wow. details, but they've also proven and this is real, that during full moons, there's far more instances in hospitals and in, in um, doctor's offices and in emergency situations because the full moon elicits, we are all water. Like, think about it. We are mostly water as a physical body. The planet's mostly water. And the farmer's almanac can describe when the cycles come up, when to plant things and when to not plant. The waves and the oceans predictable by the full moon, it goes up and it comes in. The seasons so, and
0: the cycles. Exactly. I mean, we, we
1: live by that it, This right? is so organic. But the people like that woman, who's a very loud left brain, linear persons going, show me the evidence, show me the money. Well, that's a good question. I would love to see more research being done on astrology. But the short answer is, after all these years, when I sit with someone who I've never seen, they call me on the phone, they hang up and they call me back and they say, you know me better than I do. Can you answer a few questions? That's when I go, oh, really? This astrology doesn't work? Uh, I don't think so. Well, you get to see evidence of that every day. For 40 years. And all my students that I've taught, I have a whole school where I teach people how to learn to do... They become astrologers when they grow up. And they are so... It's so much fun because it's so consistently true. Like you just went through Saturn return. I met you and Trevor right in the middle of your Saturn return when your body was starting... So explain that. That was a few questions we got. What, is it, what does the Saturn return mean? So Saturn was at 20... In your case, 28 degrees Sag when you were born. It takes 30 years to come back to where it was when you were born. So you called me right when Saturn returned. Interesting. And so did Trevor. Trevor had exactly the same. So that's the turning point. Like in that year, these last two years for you, late two years leading up, 28 to 30, everything changes. People have babies, and then they get married, and they change their career, and then people die, and radical things happen, and it's completely Totally predictable. So to her point, beep. Wrong answer. Of course, Saturn <laughs> Saturn return works. I mean, it's every single time. If you, all of you listening who are coming close, it's nothing to be feared. Like you have had a beautiful Saturn return.
0: Yes, yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's involved a lot of inner transformation more than uh, exactly because you know, your had any Saturn death or, or crazy is things. in the
1: twelfth house. So your spiritual self, which is what we just did these last two days, you're leaning into your spiritual self and going, "Oh, I didn't know it was so safe in here." Right. I'm
0: remembering. I'm remembering a lot of things. I think that's what it is. And also having the baby for me, which was a really scary thing and continued to be a scary thing up until now. I think it's bringing about a very different type of...
1: A deep relaxation. And this is Saturn Return. So Saturn Return is like... Think of it; it's a life change. It's yes, just... it happens 28 to 30, and it just happened to me because I have I'm 30 years older than you, so it happened to me last two last two years when the school started. Oh, so you get a, of course you get a couple of them. In yes, the, in yes, and each time 28 to 30, 58 to 60, you will point to that moment as you will do and say, "Remember when I just around turned 30 and that baby arrived and my whole life changed?" And this is true of all of you listening. So it's kind of a universal truth. However, depending on your spiritual evolution, it can be very Difficult, or it can be really beautiful. So it's not always sad for everyone. It's not. Always, sometimes it's like yours. How do I get happy? Mm-hmm. Is it safe to be happy? That's a big problem. Or how do I navigate for Trevor? It was his body. Like he had staph infection, and then he had he had so many different things go wrong. Lyme's disease, and he had to stop and stopped touring. And that was a big deal for him. And then he discovered how he could be happy. It was a really fun thing for me to
0: watch. So for someone who's still, you know, because I'm, this is a complex thing. For me, even looking at the chart in front of me and you pointing at the things, it's just, I can't really, (laughs) I can't really digest it. But so, Uh, using me as an example, for instance, because I have no, I share everything in this podcast. I love that about you. There are no secrets at all. Um, so depending on exactly the moment I was born, so the time and the birthplace, of course, so the longitude and latitude. Like was the sun setting?
1: Was the sun coming up in that city? Yeah. Was the moon full or new? Exactly. And then where were the planets? You got it. And then, how are they relating to each other? There's geometry involved. So, was the sun standing all by itself, or was it supported by the moon? If the sun, like if the sun's in a fire sign and the moon's in a fire sign, that's a wonderful. They get along. The sun and the moon are in the same element, having a wonderful time. If the sun's in fire and the moon's in water. Uh oh, when you were born, they weren't getting along. And that tells me a lot of information about the person's inner world. So I can look at the chart and see the psychology of the person and then be able to help them, first of all, fall in love with what they got, because you can't argue. Uh-huh.
0: can't argue. Yeah. You
1: like you can yeah. argue with the stars. Like, I don't like my chart. I keep telling everyone, stop arguing with her fate. Hmm. She's not nice. She's not listening to you. But once you fall in love with your fate and you become conscious of it, the whole thing changes.
0: And all the planets signify different things in different areas of life. Right.
1: So the sun is your ego, your personality, which is your case is Libra, sweet and beautiful and loves colors and loves harmony and really loves to have the beauty. Your moon's in Leo, like, look at me. So there's Rachel and she walks in the room. We're all like, Rachel's here. It's a fire sign. And it's in Leo. It loves to be noticed and it loves to share their love, They're performers. And then your rising is Sag, which is the philosopher and the teacher. And they're so blunt and they tell everybody their secrets. And they're so honest and they're so funny. Funny, and they think everything's funny. So you've got this wonderful fire and air combo, which makes you so animated. And it's, it's interesting. definitely because, got energy.
0: <laughs> yes, a lot of energy. I And I always had that feeling, like this unstoppable energy. Like I always had, the one of the first things you told me was, oh, I bet you're so bored with everybody else. You're wondering, what's everybody else doing with their time and their life? Because I just operate at a different speed and I have to constantly remind myself, like living with Dennis, for instance, who operates at a totally different pace, you know.
1: He's water. So his Mercury's in Pisces. He has a grand trine in water as compared to all your fires. So he's calm he doesn't want to talk. He just wants to be able to do his thing and be able to be uninterrupted. Well, that's not you. You want to be, you're like, where's the fun factor? Who can I teach? Who can I play with? So it's very, and this is the gift in relationship, especially, to learn the difference and allow that person. And once the person, once women out there stop trying to change the man, (laughs) the whole world's going to change. Ding, ding.
0: Ding, ding. The whole world's going to change. I mean, my whole world is changing already. So what we did these 24 hours, we did something called 4E.
1: Could you share a little bit more about that? So it's the four elements. That's right. So you were able to actually sit down. They call this, some people call it parts therapy. Some people call it voice dialogue. You let one part of yourself give voice. So we identified four different parts of your personality. One was the water. That's the emotional side. That's the meditator. That's the one that doesn't want to talk. Just what you see with Dennis. Like be quiet, be still, close your eyes, go in and take a deep breath and feel. Those people get bugged by people. They get bugged by noise. Your daughter has this. They want smells and textures and softness. Then there's air people, which is what you and I are. Then we moved and you sat in your ear position. That was the one that was sitting across from you. And she talks and she has ideas and she's on the internet. Oh my God, she loves Instagram and Facebook and she can communicate to everyone and their dog, dog. She's like friends with everybody. And she's the social part. And she has an incredible gift of the gab. That's air, airheads. We forget where we're going. We forget what we're bringing. The water's like, shh, can you all just slow down? Then we have the earth people. This is the earth people. I got a rock in my hand, this beautiful crystal. They're about money and practicality and organization and spreadsheets. And they love, believe it or not, they like doing taxes and accounting and making little lists. And you have some of this. You're quite masterful here. They get goal-oriented and it's quality control and they don't like when people push them. They're like, I'm in control. I know exactly what I want as compared to the air person going, what did I say? Did I write it down? I can't remember what I said. And then the water person, the gentle water looks over at the earth and goes, I can help you with that. I heard what you wanted. Let me help you. And then the fire person was the other voice you gave. And that's the fun factor. That's loud and joyful and show off and eating and drinking a little bit more, please. They're always having fun and they have an excessive nature, fire people. So they're very athletic. Your husband has this in spades. How long can I run? How much chi can I move? How much sexual energy? Where's So there's four different parts and we got to hear each of your voices and found out who was the missing element. Like which part of you was diminished. And that's what my book does. It's really simple. You don't need So most people
0: have always one element or can there be more than one that we're missing? Yeah. Some
1: people that are off, way off balance will be two of them, but it's certainly one of them. And then you have to drive towards the one you don't want to do. So for you, you want to tell, I don't want to tell you. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. No. So my, my one or the one that's missing that I need more of is water and specifically clean water. So the ability to give myself permission to be still and relax and soft and meditate and feel, most importantly, and feel safe and held. Oh, that's
1: so beautiful. She got it so quick. See, this is the gift of error, you and I both. Like, we learn, and it goes into our body. But if we were Earth, we'd be like, can you show me once more? I didn't quite get it the first time. So that's Mm. why you made my job easy. Some people people come into a lifetime, and they're turtles. And they learn by mistakes really slow, which Mm. drive you and I, like, can you help that person? (laughs) Someone else help that person. But you got it. And so that is true. Water is slow down take a breath, remember the angels, remember the magic. Like we can't doubt at a certain point you reach a level where we've heard so many stories from you today, this last couple of days of how much magic you've had. And that is water because we can't see the angels. But you can be sure everyone listening, everyone, you have a soul and your soul is trying to get your attention. And how does it do it? This is sad, by crisis. The soul will get your attention through scaring you. Who made that up? Who made that up? But it's so true, though.
0: You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. For me, a delicious home-cooked meal is the ultimate luxury. It sounds so simple, but with all the planning and shopping that's required, not to mention all the time it takes away from my baby girl and my busy life, I'm lucky if I can pull it off once a week. That's why, to get healthy, delicious meals on the table, I turn to Sunbasket. Sunbasket delivers meal prep kits right to your door, making healthy cooking easy and convenient for any busy lifestyle. Now there are more options than ever. Just go to the Sunbasket app and pick from 18 weekly recipes. Clean, organic, and sustainable ingredients will be delivered directly to your door. All of the ingredients are pre-measured and the step-by-step instructions are a breeze to follow. Your healthy and delicious meal is on the table in 30 minutes. No experience in the kitchen required. Whatever your dietary needs, Sunbasket is there for you with Paleo, lean and clean, gluten free, vegetarian, and family options. Sunbasket works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh and organic nourishment. Each order is created by award winning chefs and approved by nutritionists. Your health and your time is important, so skip the grocery store madness. See how easy it is to keep your wellness on track and get healthy, clean meals on your table with Sunbasket. Go to sunbasket.com/yoga today to learn more and get thirty five dollars off of your first order. That's sunbasket.com/yoga for thirty five dollars off. Sunbasket.com/yoga. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I mean, I'm writing a book right now. We haven't even spoken about that, but the book I'm writing right now is about overcoming adversity and 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 grief. So I'm writing about this year that I had when my best friend died and my grandmother and and, and my dog. And I keep touching on this and everybody I connect with through talking about grief is the incredible space for love that it opens. So somehow in the midst of that despair, there's also that intense presence of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm very much alive here. I'm very present with the people that I love and with this pain. So there's this doorway to your soul to, yeah, to your
1: soul. I mean, it doesn't have
0: to be that way. Well, no, no. This is what we did <laughs> yes, today. This is yes. what your,
1: my work was. Once mm. you start listening, I always say, this is my at the very young age. I said, stop Waking me up with these big fat frying pans on my head. Do the alarm clock softly. How about I wake up before the? Send me a memo. Yeah. Like life, you don't have to be do mean I need a to break me. In the head, every exactly. Three years. <laughs> so no. So if you, my prayer has been let me wake up without the alarm. Hmm. And I've learned now I don't even. I do set the alarm, but I, I've like this morning it happens just two minutes before the alarm. Don't hurt me. But you can ask life. You can say I'm really interested in growing. Please don't hurt me now. Just in case you didn't get it the first time, don't worry. Life's coming back to get you. Hmm. So th- thats the soul. The soul will use any crisis it can to see what level you're willing to be humbled. I have. There's two kinds of people in the world: the ones that have been humbled and the ones that are about to be. Hmm. <laughs> wow.
0: Yes. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of truth to that for sure. And I find that it's also with yoga, you know, people find the practice oftentimes through very, very challenging places. we feeling lost or working through sadness or, or their body's or, broken or their body's broken and they're in pain. So there's definitely an avenue here. And I think everyone listening, even if you're, if you're listening to the yoga girl podcast, I'm going to say you're either kind of a little into yoga or you have been into yoga, or there's a part of you searching for something, you know, we're all sharing some form of, similar goal, I feel, or similar path in life if we're all in this community together. But the same thing with the yoga practice, that feeling, that, you know, moment in Shavasana where you're, you well up and you feel so much emotion or you feel just complete silence or just complete, you know, connection of like you're vibrating in the room is and you have these yoga moments, which is why we go back to the practice again and again, you know, I don't think that they've been scientifically studied either, you know, like astrology. Like it hasn't been, uh, and there's a lot of yoga skeptics out there. Well, I'm not going to sit there and hum. I'm like, well, that's not really what we do. But it, there's this connection to breath, to body, and to intention, right? Why am I here? I'm here moving my body on the mat, you know, intentionally being mindful about where I am in, in
1: And space. honoring the temple, Yes. I mean, this is the thing, the thing about astrology and yoga, if you write yoga, it ends with an A. If you write astrology, it ends with the Y. So yoga and astrology are one word. If you mm-hmm. keep writing them, they'll stick together because they're both ancient. So yoga, which I love, I adore, is honoring my temple, the outer world, my physical body being able to breathe and flow and never get cranky and cranky and turn into that raisin that grown-ups turn into. The astrology is the inner world. Like who am I? What's the nature of my personality? How do I come to peace with these stupid personality traits that are bugging me and my husband? Like, how do I explain this with kindness? That's why the subtitle of my book is Compassion for the Human Condition, because by design, we're so weird. I mean, we learn through mistakes. Heartbreaks wake up our heart and heal us. Financial crisis makes us value money. When the kid gets sick, we're suddenly so in love. (laughs) Right. Well, who made that
0: up? It's always the contrast of this kind of panic from panic to total wisdom.
1: Wisdom. Yeah. In the soil of pain grows wisdom. Hmm. Brought to you by Deborah hmm. Silverman. So, so, <laughs> so the trick here is if we give ourselves. Like I always think about this. Twenty years ago, there was no yoga. Like if you would have said to me shavasana on that word on a podcast, we'd go, huh? In so, the Western, like right here, yeah. Twenty years ago, mm-hmm. if I say to you. The elemental, um, or if I say grand trine, you're like, huh? But coming what soon to that? our neighborhood, three planets all 120 degrees apart—the sun, the moon, and another planet—it's a beautiful triangle in the heavens. When the future comes, and I, I can't wait. The, I'm going to say grand trine. You're going to go, wow! You've got a grand trine. Just like if I say shavasana, everybody lies down. Hmm. That word was foreign, as yes. a uh, you know, truly. So we're talking Egyptian hieroglyphics, or we're talking. With Sanskrit. And that language and the ancient w- wisdom of the elders is coming back to us. So I'm at the very entrance of astrology. Our team, our group, the whole of our um, New Age movement hasn't brought astrology. And I'm so grateful to you, because all I want to do is say, you guys, look up. Like, I promise there's a design. God said, I love this line, Einstein said, God is not playing with dice. That was an Einstein quote. Hmm. This is not random, so we think it is, we, we're scared to think that is, but when you do a chart and you go, this, you're such, you are such a Libra, Leo, Sag, like you're a picture postcard of the perfect example of your chart as I am, as a Gemini. I'm like, I listen to myself and I'm like, Deborah, boy, can you talk? But that's what they made me up as. So as we begin to understand this old ancient language and it comes back in, there's so much comfort to know that God has a design and you're part of it. Well, there's a, tr- a trust there. Also, like being able to lean into
0: something that, okay, especially when you are in that moment of doubt and why am I here and what's the purpose and nothing's going my way. Do you also find, because this is something that I've seen skeptics say that if you are in that vulnerable place and you're looking for something, people will say, oh, well, they'll attach to anything, right? Do you ever find... Um, you know, someone who's looking for an answer and then maybe a not so great astrologer might throw them any answer totally. and they'll just attach to it and then no, it gives I hear astrology this, a bad yes. rap. I, yeah.
1: I always say there should be astrology police because I hear this all the time. Someone will come to me and show me the chart and say, I'm never having children. An astrologer told me that. I'm like, why would... Why would an astrologer with that? That's ridiculous. There's free will. Of course the chart suggests something. It gives you propensity, like in your case with Jupiter in your fifth. You're going to have the cool, like that would be a clear indicator. Jupiter's a planet of luck. It's in the house of children, in the sign of Gemini. So it's very likely you have the option of having a lot of children. So that's clearly. But I could also decide. To have absolutely, because no <laughs> your husband's chart may be completely different, and yeah. so nothing is written in concrete. The nature of your hair, the color of your hair, the color of your eyes, the dog you had when you were a kid, your parents—these are things that are faded. But at a certain point, you get a vote, and so don't ever let. It, yes, and I get so upset with those astrologers. Because that was a
0: couple of questions that we got: like, how much is, how much is free will in the decisions we make?
1: in comparison or weighed out by the chart and how, Well, when we did your story, which was so beautiful, you saw those critical moments where kismet, I love that word, K-I-S-M-E-T. was a brand new word for me. I love that word. When all of a sudden fate, another word for kismet, came in and said, we're taking you to Aruba and you're going to walk into that store. You can imagine your angels all giggling. And then he writes his phone number down in this little piece of paper. And you I love that you had that. You saved it. We framed it. And that moment... That you would never know in that moment, like, like you and I meeting, like who knew the series of events? So you must know that everyone's doing that. There is definitely a design and you can interrupt it by falling asleep in the middle of the movie or going into getting yourself caught in a drug addiction, or not saying yes. Someone recently wrote me, this is such a sad story, this beautiful woman, she's in her late 30s, and she's never had a sustained relationship. She's absolutely physically beautiful, but she just has that karma where things break. And finally she met a man, she was in Mexico, this beautiful man, he invited her to stay and go be with her, but she gotten so crispy that she said no, and she wrote me a week later saying, I think I've just made the biggest mistake. Her crispy critter, her shut down heart, her memories prevented her from being in the here and now and she walked right by and who knows Mm -hmm. now she's considering going back but she can't find him it's one of those sad stories so you must say yes and then you turn your discernment on and go "Uh uh-oh that was but you got to keep your you have to listen i mean
0: because if you don't have your heart open and if you're not able to listen and into that intuition Right. That, yes. which might require a leap of faith. Like, yes. am I going
1: to move to Mexico
0: to stay with this guy? Exactly.
1: And sometimes it's all wrong. But if you're spiritual, this is your chart, you realize this is your life lesson, is if you can take the big picture into focus, everything turns into a lesson. Mm-hmm. And suddenly those stupid, because I have so many, I call them stupid stories in my book. Like I have so many stupid stories. It's <laughs> embarrassing. But I've, I've been such a good student of life and you and I both have Saturn and Sagittarius, like I've been so determined to find the philosophy and ask the hard questions. Like, why did I keep getting that same thing wrong so many times? Oh, because then finally I got it right. Mm -hmm. So don't, for those of you listening, I know what it's like to be a millennial and you're bumping into yourself and you don't know where you're going. And thank God for Rachel, because you're such a big beam of light, you give faith. But every one of you have a mission and a destiny. And while it may seem totally vague to you, you can find out using astrology. I hate to say it because it sounds like I'm a commercial,
0: well, but yeah, I mean a it. Bit, but I know,
1: but I really mean it.
0: No, but I mean, and, and I can share a little bit of my personal story in here so that uh, to give people something to anchor into. Uh, actually, I, I also love mixing it with Dennis's story because Dennis is so. I'm so clearly a believer of many things, and he's so very clearly like a skeptic. Everybody we meet, who anyone who sells anything, he's like, wait, 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 wait. What's the flaw? What's the you know? Is this real or not? Um, so it was just, for me, it was more, uh, first of all, the chart told me many, many things that you could have never known about me, about my personality traits, about the parts of myself that I find sometimes shameful or ugly, or that I wouldn't just, um, you know, not my good side that I put out to the world. And the timing when I knew timing the timing of things of really big life changes, uh, and also patterns that I've kept repeating in my life again and again and again and again and again, and a beating, <laughs> beating myself <laughs> over the head with the same thing again and again, and it was just having my chart read, I could just kind of relax into this, oh my God, like it's nice that this shit makes sense and that it's not just me making the same mistakes or me having having had to go through this trauma or all this stuff. Like, okay, it's leading somewhere. And then I could actually objectively put myself out of the sadness of that story and just say, okay, well, wait, where am I now? Like all this stuff, you know, and it makes sense looking at the chart. It's like, it's exactly what the chart says and it's exactly what my past was. And now...
1: I, I can change it if I can become conscious of it. Exactly. And you have Pluto and Scorpio on the top of your chart. So talking about death and about clearing people's emotions and you've got throughout your life, you've been stalked with that conversation about death and about really facing scary, unconscious material that no one wants to talk about, but you seem to have this uninhibited, and you've been face-to-face with really feeling scared in your whole childhood until you decided to create your own new childhood with your new baby. Like, we're not right. doing that anymore. But then, like, the
0: last podcast I, I, I recorded last week was right after our last reading, and I was crying into them. I, I cry in almost all my all the podcasts I do alone. I, I'm crying at, at something. But everyone listening knows I've had this very, I mean, I've had... Listen how I said I've had this very overwhelming fear of something happening to Lea Luna, happening to my baby, but this elevated, horrible, paranoid, like taking over my life in a really horrible way type of fear. And now the past 24 hours with you, the thing that's clicked the most, that's just totally makes total sense is that this intense love for me always automatically comes along with intense fear of loss. They're so connected. So welcome to Scorpio. (laughs) Welcome to Scorpio. (laughs) So That's, does that mean that everyone who's a Scorpio has mm-hmm.
1: these Scorpios kinds of do traits? push and pull. Because
0: I'm not a Scorpio. How but is Scorpio? You have Scorpio, playing Scorpio on the chart? very
1: top of your chart. It's called the midheaven. It's your career. It's what you came in this life to teach us. And you have Pluto sitting there on the ninth house side. It's a very powerful position right above the head of your mother on the hospital bed. What's this planet, Pluto? What it indicates is that your relationship, this lifetime, your purpose, the tenth house is your purpose, is to walk through the dark. Fearlessly and come out the other side. Now, I wouldn't want the job, but clearly you got it. <laughs> and I'm starting to feel pretty comfortable with it. Because and people you'll- have
0: told me this again and like, again, every big spiritual like, moment of awakening that I've had. I mean, I've had one, I don't think I've ever talked about it in the podcast, but I had one in a, a cacao ceremony long ago. I had one in an ayahuasca ceremony. I've had many in moments of death and despair when I've had that, like on my knees looking up in the sky and had. God speak to me, but it's always been in those very intense moments of excruciating pain. So having a realization that resembles that, but I'm actually in this perfect place in my life, sitting by my pool with my perfect child who's safe, with my perfect husband, with everything working and I'm so safe and I don't have to be in this moment of almost death, you know, to waiting have, for it to happen again. Yes. Or to have a realization of, okay, you know, this that is was why then. that was then. And that it's okay for me to unconditionally love her and to know that that I can trust that I'm
1: supported. So one of the ways to do it in metaphysics is you go into the future, it's scary, because what could happen? And you go into the past, and it was scary, but at this moment, there's no evidence. So the deeper we drop in, into the depth, the breath, this is yoga, what I love about yoga, to stop time, I love Shavasana, stop time, take a breath and check it out. Oh, well, we're safe in this moment. And this is Eckhart Tolle's work. The beauty of Eckhart Tolle's work was how do we come into the here and now and drop in? This is essentially what Buddhism is. All pain and suffering comes from the attachment of your story. This this is what's going to happen. And this is what happened. That's not in this moment. Everything. Now, when the crisis does occur, will you be able and be able to be strong enough to stay still? Well, that will be how much you practice it in Shavasana now. Now. We so set that, lay the groundwork now for how well we'll be able to deal with a crisis, shell it. Off you know, the mat, right. And that it, it, yeah. and that is such a, um, for me now, I hate to say this, but when things get really rough in my business or with my relationships or whatever happens, I watch and see, and this is what my book is about, I observe myself. And I say, Deborah, are you present or are you in the future, in the past and making stories up? I call it MSU. It's a university I went to. It's called making shit up. And there's lots of graduates from MSU and they just make stories up. They make stories up. And I had to catch myself and go, oh my God, I do it
0: all the time. Like that's the fear. I make stories up in my head of all the ways that she might not be safe, how I'll fall down the stairs and she'll stop breathing for no reason in the middle of sleep, even though like objectively I'm like that, that's insane, you know? And then I make these stories up and I go with them. And then I experience this overwhelming pain and despair and worry. And sometimes that worry makes me act completely irrationally. And I become very clingy or I snap at my husband for no reason. And it starts to create this heavy, dark cloud that I live with, where actually,
1: as a matter of fact, it's not even real. And this is the upside of Scorpio because at the downside, they scare themselves and they kind of like scary movies and they like sick stories and they want to hear all the things in the world that are going wrong because they kind of like it. The upside is they're the healers and they're fearless to stand in front of themselves in the depth of their story making and say, stop. They're very willful. And that's what I've given to you is I've given you back your will where you're in charge, not of everyone else, but just that culprit that lives in your head that you get to say to her, excuse me, sit. We're not doing that story today. You need to sit down and that party is going to go, oh, I guess I'm not in charge anymore. So while you've been trying to control others, all you can control. Which never works. (laughs) Good luck. Is you can just get that one culprit to sit down. I call it the gremlin. Like gremlin, down. You're not not telling me right now, my daughter's fine. Then you take a deep breath and you put your attention on the moment and you're like, okay, we're good. So it's a physical, it's sort of like yoga. Staying in the here and now. There's another way to do it just to keep saying here and now. Here and now, deep breath and suddenly just you guys can do it right now. Listen to the podcast. Just come into the here and now with us. It's so beautiful.
0: I think honestly, that's why, you know, uh, the the medium of podcasting is it's one of the fastest growing mediums in the world and people love it. And I think because it's very hard to do something else while listening to a podcast, you can watch TV, but you can turn away and you can pick up your phone and you can do a gazillion things at once, listening to a podcast and actually stay engaged. You have to be completely
1: present. And I this is this is actually very... one of your gifts, by the way. You are very good at listening, and I've taught you this. My tattoo says "listen and silent" have the same letters. But in order to really listen, you got to stop thinking of what you're going to say. Yes, you have to you really, have to really, really drop into the shavasana. Mm-hmm. So, and so trust that the next thing. Is that, real and it's coming and it's, you know. And that you'll be prepared to say what you mm-hmm. need to say. you, If we, as I've learned through this life as a public speaker and as a reader and as a spiritual teacher, that if I can drop into the now, it's scary and stay there. Then when we do an interview like this, I'll be right on the edge of my seat with current truth. But if I'm thinking about it. Or planning it or writing or it listening up. to you and saying that happened to me too. You know how people interrupt mm-hmm. you're telling a story and they're like, "Then my mom." You're like, "I was trying to talk." Yeah, you're like, Shut up. <laughs> <Yeah>. Kind of <laughs> like <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're not listening; we're interrupting with our own version. So right. there's an art form, and this is true in lovemaking too. If we can make every moment brand new and not expect what's coming next and slow it down just a little bit. This is really the art of tantra. This is back to Scorpio again. The art of Scorpio is making love. They're very sexual by nature, because it turns off the head. Mm -hmm. And for a moment, you're in pleasure, and you're in rapture with this person you love. And the next thing you know, you're completely, totally taken over by an energy. Now, if it goes twisted, which can happen to lots of people, and it gets kind of taunted by dark by perversion, the whole thing's like totally weird. But if it's clean energy and you're really present and you've stopped time and you're breathing, pleasure is immeasurable. And that should be when you're drinking a good glass of water. If we were smart, mm-hmm. we'd learn. And, in my life, because of um, being a thousand years old, I've learned to walk slowly. That's so Deborah's I, in her sixties;
0: she doesn't look a day over thirty-nine. Oh, I you're so you, sweet.
1: You're Benjamin, Benjamin, buttoning know, your way I'm through. Kinda, life. I don't know what happened to me. I don't know what happened. I think it was just if I could tell people that are my age, but they don't really want to listen. But I would say to them: first, watch your diet, like really the vegan or the opportunity to drink a lot of water. If you want to eat meat, eat eat what's true for you, but do your best to minimize. That's one of the first things. Mm-hmm. And the other thing I would say is keep laughing. Like Benjamin Button's medicine yeah. is just tickle yourself. This whole thing's a cosmic joke. The whole thing is a cosmic joke. But boy, <laughs> people get serious. You are
0: listening to From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. Don't talk to me if I haven't had my morning cup of coffee yet. And when you do talk to me, be prepared to discuss this brand new mega delicious coffee that I've discovered called Four Sigmatic Mushroom Coffee. Yeah, you heard me right, mushroom coffee. Mushrooms offer amazing health benefits. And by combining this with my daily cup of coffee, Four Sigmatic sets me up for a happy and productive day every single day. The Four Sigmatic coffee is developed with extremely high quality mushrooms and other superfoods completely free of pesticides and mycotoxins. Say goodbye to stomach burns, jitters, and crashes caused by normal coffee, and say hello to boosted productivity, reduced stress, and improved memory. Best of all, it tastes great and is super easy to prepare. Just tear open the bag, mix with hot water or nut milk, and then enjoy. For those avoiding caffeine, their caffeine-free flavors are also delicious and offer similar benefits as their main mushroom coffee does. Four Sigmatic offers everything from mushroom coffees, elixirs, hot cacao, and matchas. My go-to right now is the mushroom matcha with lion's Maine. made with organic ceremonial grade matcha and a hint of ginger you can make it hot cold or even mix it in your vegan ice cream try it for yourself right now when you head to foursigmatic.com slash yoga girl you'll get 15% off of your entire order that's 15% off any order placed on four Sigmatic's website but you have to use my special url foursigmatic.com slash yoga girl that's spelled f-o-u-r-s-i-g-m-a-t-i-c.com slash yoga girl foursigmatic.com slash yoga girl so for, for someone who is, because I know that a lot, of, a lot of questions we got was from someone who has their sun sign or their zodiac sign, but they don't feel like they resonate with it at all. And that would be a first step into, okay, well, this can't be real because I am a Virgo, but I don't feel like a Virgo at all, for instance. Uh, how does that sometimes come into play? Because there are several
1: aspects of each right. person's
0: chart that matters a lot.
1: There's 10 planets. So let's say the sun was in Virgo, but all other nine were in different signs. So your sun sign, that's the
0: zodiac sign. That's the sign that you'd read in like Cosmopolitan magazine. Just your birthday. It's all is determined. Every single
1: day, the sun moves one degree. So we always know where the sun is. That's why we've exploited it. Because we know if you're born on May 24th, it's the sun's in Gemini every single year. But we don't know where the moon is or where Mercury or Venus. So we've kind of, we've capitalized on this one little piece, which is true. It's a big influence. But what if the other nine planets aren't in Virgo? Then how do we explain to you why you're not a classical Virgo? So that's true about people. But I would say 90% of the time people relate to their sun sign because it's so powerful. And then there's these other planets to be. And that's only determined, but you can go on astro.com for free, free horoscopes on the top left-hand corner. And you, then you chart, you click on the left-hand corner, it says free astro, it says um, chart drawing. And you put your chart in and you can see how many planets do I have in Virgo? Oh, I only had one? Well, no wonder I don't relate.
0: So, there's a way to determine that. To determine that. So, and and all you need to know is the exact time of your birth and your birth location. Exactly. So, what are the other things that are really important?
1: So you asked that yesterday. I love yes. that you asked that. So one is what we described as your rising sign. So the rising sign is determined by the moment of your birth. Like what time of the day were you born in Sweden? And what was on the horizon? Oh, Sagittarius, very late degree Sag. At the moment of your birth on the Eastern horizon, they take a picture, ding, ding, and that becomes your birth chart. So the rising sign, better known as your ascendant or your higher self, is different than your ego and your sun sign it's what you want to aspire toward what you want to rise into now that's esoteric astrology you're not going to read that in regular astrology books that's what my school is based on is esoterically and that's the purpose in my school is to take you towards your soul not towards your ego. What does
0: esoterically mean? Sorry, I'm...
1: Esoteric. It's great. I love it. Esoteric is, there's exoteric astrology, which is all about your ego and your personality. And esoteric are the laws that, that apply to your soul. It's a the very... word journey. Exactly. Huh? So I'm focusing on taking people to their rising sign. So I tell people, beginners, put away your chart and just go to your rising sign. And yours is Sagittarius, which is the funniest, luckiest. When people call me for C-sections... And they want me to, which is a weird job. For, they call you for what? They're having a C-section and they want to know what time their baby should be born.
0: What? Wait, this is brand new information for me. They want to, they call you and they want to make the decision of when to have
1: the, the, the birth of the baby. What do you do? I give them the, what, your rising sign. I give them Sag Rising. It's the, of, of all the 12, you scored. Of all that's well, I sport. Oh.
0: <laughs> it's because the, it's the fun side. We have the most fun.
1: <laughs> if they're happy and they're funny and they have a philosophical attitude and they're lucky, lucky living under correct knowledge. They're 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 seekers. Trevor has this too. But you have to help them be happy because sometimes they feel guilty for hmm. being too shiny. But that's one of the risings, not just Sagittarius. That's one of my favorites. I also there's several others. There's some hard risings. I'm not telling because uh, I don't want uh, you guys to feel but bad. A, and how do you feel about that? I don't like that job. decision. I mean, of, yeah. really, do I look like Goddess's cousin or something? I don't know. How did I get that job?
0: Yeah, you're you're a Goddess Deborah making decisions yeah. of yeah.
1: But of, I but when people really do have to have a C-section and yeah, they get I mean, a vote, you have
0: to, if you get yeah. to choose, yeah, that's it's not true. my favorite. So, what, job. so aside from ascending, uh, so the
1: sun is your ego. Ascending is the next really important one. Then you want to look at Saturn. Which is your life lesson? Saturn has all the rings about it. It's the most important. My system. It's the timekeeper, and that's what Saturn return is. When life shows up with your destiny, so you want to know where's my Saturn and yours is in Sagittarius. So not only is your soul funny, but your rising signs funny. (laughs) You've scored on the funny. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Life is all funny. But that's why you laugh so much and things are so happy. Like you have this little, you know, cheery disposition and there's people that have not such cheery disposition who are solid and and they feel bad about themselves. I love earth people. I hire them. I put them all around my life because they're solid and dependable and loyal. But do they laugh at my jokes? Not all the time. Not all the time. (laughs) Do you look at people's charts before you hire them? Yes. I feel bad things. Yes. <laughs>
0: no, but of course. If I knew yes. all of this, I, I would, would
1: say they come, people come to me in in magical um, ways. Of course, they, this is what we call kismet. And then once they come to work for me, I look at their charts and I go, "Oh, that explains it." And then sometimes it's a problem.
0: Sometimes it's a problem because 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 their know charts. Much, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what about the moon? So How the moon, the, the moon. Think about the moon as night. It's the inner. It's when you're sleeping. So it's your inner world. It talks about your emotional temperature, like how you work your temperament. So your moon is in help me. Leo. Oh my God. So you get so excited. (laughs) So you're emotional. You're like, oh my God, this is so much fun. I'm having some, I want to dress up and I want to have a life and I want everyone to be fun. And then your rising sign says, me too. And then your Libra says, who are we inviting? And then everybody ends up at your house. (laughs) Yes, that's usually how things go. (laughs) So your moon's in Leo, which means that your emotional temperature, your temperament, the inner world is a little dramatic. Mm-hmm. Which little, we've seen a little. I think Dennis. Dennis will tell you a lot, probably. <laughs> yes. Dennis has Leo
0: rising, which makes you very compatible. Cause he- but something, and I can share a very. This was a very clear, like objectively very clear lesson that we learned together as a couple from working with you these days. Is, uh, and I've talked about this in the past also. But one of the kind of reoccurring issues we've had in our relationship since the baby was born was his immense need to do physical exercise. Like he started becoming an Ironman and I wasn't sleeping and I was working. And then all of a sudden he's on a bike for eight hours. And I thought it was a complete waste of time and so selfish. Like all I do is breastfeed and not sleep and work. And then he gets to go and do whatever he wants and sit on a bike for eight hours when he could like do something more important with his time. So I thought it was completely pointless and that he was being a really selfish guy. And he was slowly going into complete despair from not having the time and the, and the ability anymore to move his body the way he wants and you I listened to the uh, to parts of when you were uh, reading his chart, and that it 's so clear in his chart that he needs to move physically, and if he doesn 't physically move that was the first thing you said, oh he just needs to move every day, he needs to move, or he will become completely depressed. And he took this back. He was like, Rachel, please, can you just listen? (laughs) You just listen to her giving me my reading. Because everything I've been trying to tell you for this whole year, it's all true. Can I please just ride my bike, please? (laughs) And we've made two, like now he rode a bike for eight hours. I said nothing. I was super supportive. I was impressed. He booked an Ironman for April I'm super supportive. I'm like, okay, okay. Because it gives me a new looking. Okay. If it's actually... It's not, not just selfish. An, it's soulful. No.
1: His rising sign is fire, to, to my point. And if it's soulful, for me, it was also like,
0: okay, okay... I just got a new looking of, okay, maybe it's not just his ego, like, oh, I need to be a man and do this kind of stupid stuff. But like, that's how he meditates. That's how he nourishes himself. If
1: he does that, then he's happy with everything else. And then that's totally worth it. So all you, so all you fire signs out there, including you, if you're not the yogis, if you're not doing yoga or moving energy, you get tired from not exercising the opposite of other people, fire people, they have to move energy to make energy. Water people need guilt-free cards. You're allowed to sit. Like, they're allowed to, you know, sit on the computer and stream, you know, or watch films or let themselves be in their room with their music on and not feel guilty about not wanting to be around people. That's a big gift to give to a water person or the air people. We forget where we're going in the middle of the day. Like, what did I say I was doing again? We have to, But that's acceptable when you realize your gift is charm. And you make everyone feel better. And earth people, you are control freaks. Like you have to have it your way and be exactly as you want it. And you've got to explain that to your partner. Honey, I need you to put the fork up when you put it in the dish. How many times have I told you this? (laughs) Don't put the fork. So that has to be acceptable. Otherwise, you're going to be fighting with your partner and yourself. Right. So he found out his nature and then he was given permission. And what a difference in your marriage in yeah, two I minutes, feel
0: really, in two minutes, really, really. And I don't know if, why. For me, it was that. And he says, well, "Well, why didn't you get this when I was telling you?" And I said, "Because we're married, and I'm in this brain full of like all the stuff we have to do all day. And for me, it's really hard to fit in like hours of physical exercise every day. To me, it sounds really selfish because I can get off and do my stuff in other ways. Like I don't function that way at all.
1: Yeah, but then tell the story of how when he finished the race, you saw the space. Yes.
0: So, and, and so at the end of his his final lap of the marathon of this. 14 hour Iron Man, and he's just smiling and smiling and waving to everyone and going so slow. I thought he was injured. And then he told me, No, I didn't want it to end. He was just stretching his Iron Man to last as long as possible because he loves it so much. And then I had this aha moment. I'm like, Okay, well, what am I doing to our marriage if I'm trying to take that away? Because I have this idea that we should work more and we should, da-da-da-da. like, can I just relax and let him be who he is? And
1: that's what astrology is for. So yeah. it gives permission slips to let people be who they are. And it's really important to allow when someone is, and of course we can grow. It's not to say that we're never going to grow to unfamiliar land or stretch ourselves. But when you are accepted for who you are, what, what does everybody want? Like think of your best friend who loves you just the way you are. So you're fire. We have a similarity this way. We're both fire. My best friends are all fire. They don't even think I've got a big personality.
0: (laughs) I'm like, oh my
1: God, look, we both are pushy and bossy. And I like when you're pushy and bossy. (laughs) But if I'm with someone who doesn't have pushy bossy, they look over and they go, you're selfish. I hate that word. I'm like, oh no, that used to really sting me. Like you don't really know me. I'm doing this because I'm full of joy and I'm making myself excited and I want it to be this way. Don't get mad. My other friend whose fire says, I get it. And then I'm like, whew, we just changed that I whole... Like you
0: need more people like that, that, that just get you automatically in your exactly. life. Exactly. Exactly. Um, uh, what does Mercury in retrograde mean? A lot of people, this is very hip. There's a lot of memes out there about Mercury in retrograde. A lot of people are asking about that. Uh, can we blame anything going wrong? That's just Mercury is in retrograde. What? What? What?
1: So that I have about? a platform called TheStarCommunity.com. Three words. And on that platform, every month you get the download of where's the full moon and when's the new moon and when is Mercury retrograde. And I do a video on it. So anyone out there who's interested in learning this, because we only have a school only opens twice a year. It's during September and February. So you can't study until, but the star community, you can study all year round. So when Mercury comes retrograde, all it means, like if you see two trains going in the same direction at the same speed, one starts to look like it's going backwards because it's relativity. It's a scientific term that if you actually seen, have you ever been in a train station and seen it? That's such a funny looking thing. They're really going the same direction, but the visual is they're going backwards. It happens three times a year for about three weeks. And it's really true that your computer and your telephone and you're forgetting your keys and something breaks. And, the, and there's lots of instances on airplanes where the flight, the flight is delayed. It's really higher. There's no question. So three times a year, yes, Mercury appears as though it's going backwards. And it is actually, I mean, the physical reality is that it's, going backwards from earth's viewpoint it's relative it's a very einsteinian thought but then it doesn't matter i'm i used to pretend i didn't believe in it because i was a skeptic for so many years even though i've been doing this and now every time mercury goes retrograde my phone breaks or my i'm like okay okay i got it you guys so the short answer is it does have a and it asks us all to stop and go backwards that's Hmm. what mercury retrograde is about like
0: how can you counter
1: that then how do you just by slowing down as soon as you know it's coming you start to smile because it shows you how irritated we get. People that are speed freaks like us, like dun 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 dun, dun, dun Then Mercury tells slow. And, oh, okay, I'm going to use this time to review anything behind me that I left undone. It's a great time to do that. I'm going to use this time to review anything I've, relationships that I don't, it's a really good time for self-reflection. Hmm, beautiful.
0: You are listening to From the Heart, Conversations with Yoga Girl. Like yoga, brushing my teeth is a habit that is critical to my overall health, and yet I often struggle with brushing twice a day for the full two minutes each time and changing my brush on time. Quip gets that, so they combine dentistry and design to create the perfect electric toothbrush. Quip is the new electric toothbrush designed with every mouth in mind. It packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design and at a fraction of the cost of bulkier traditional electric toothbrushes. Guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides so you can relax on autopilot while you're teeth get the best cleaning. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or your carry-on. Because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering new brush heads every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip even gives you tips on oral care that you probably never knew. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's Best Inventions of the Year, but Quip did. Find out why for yourself. It'll be love at first brush. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash yogagirl right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack for free at getquip.com slash yogagirl, spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com, slash yoga girl getquip.com slash yoga girl mm-hmm. um for for uh, someone who is really interested in this and still thinks like okay there's there's so much i really want to learn the basics how can i how would
1: I get started? So there's two options of the schools I mentioned in September, February, but during the year we have something called Interview, which is a self-study program. And I think we launched that like three times during the year. You can come onto my website and you can see Interview, and you can go do it by yourself. But the real truth is the Star Community is kind of the shortcut. Like if you're even if you're advanced, if you're fascinated, every day you go in the Star Community, it's so much fun. And I do this whole I do a month at a glance. You take out your calendar and you go, oh, so during this this Week of the eleventh to the fourteenth of Mercury's retrograde, so that you're, you're ahead of everyone else. Hmm. So it begins to be prophecy. I mean, that's what I'm longing for is to give people this information simply. So you can learn it simply from the, the start. simply. And then the school is where, where like- Yeah, I'm really
0: interested in. in that. I'm, you're in, you in. I'm in, I'm, I'm totally, totally be in. Totally September. in. Um, can you share with us anything about, you know, where we are at right now? Any words of advice so, or what's so going on? So this is the
1: time the prophets all long to live. Like there's 7.5 billion people. If you stop to think about it, we've never, ever had this many people here. Everyone you've ever known is here. Every past life, every karmic connection, they're all on the planet. And we've never had these many people. So we're in an unusual time, and I call it her story. It used to be called history, H-I-S. Mm. I've called it her story. So we're in a new version of her story, which is things have to change. We can't sustain the consumption of oil and food and pollution and the amount of anger. It's, it's escalated. So that brings it back to yogis. I love that we're yogis, talking to yogi. Like, everybody calm down. Yes, we're in a major moment in history or her story. It's an opportunity for us to wake up and put our values where they really are meaningful, which is our heart and the spiritual doorway that's called wisdom. Now, if we don't do it, I'm scared for our kids. So eating properly, whatever that means for you, it's not a right or wrong. Astrology is all about individuality. Um, Taking care of the body, taking care of your respect for your form, respecting your car, your closet, your house, we get so disrespectful, and especially this temple. So the planet right now is demanding consciousness, or we're going to hurt ourselves. And that's pretty Can you see, I mean, pre- predictions from here on
0: now, like what are the chances? Uh, a couple of questions we got were very related to politics and Donald
1: Trump being president. And uh, was there anything in the chart of yes of our collective so in 2020 planet. that will be next year Saturn and Pluto are coming together in Capricorn and that's really three I, years from now yeah we're in we're, what year are we 2018? in 2018 see I don't even I know because like, where I'm in, are we what I'm in Aruba <laughs> okay so it's actually 2019 beep, beep. okay Saturn and Pluto are going to come together in Capricorn for the first time in hundreds of years and it's going to Capricorn rules the government you know that now Saturn is the planet of life lessons, so as a collective, we're being face-to-face with our government. Like, and then Pluto, as you know, rules power and death and change, radical change. When that happens, we'll be, and this is in a year from now, we'll be looking at our government going, how is this serving us, or is it? And this grassroots effort, which is why I love NACO and I love Trevor and the people that are like yourself, that are saying to everyone, we are our governors, I'm the president of my company, I'm the president of my body, Well, how am I treating myself? So we can't keep blaming, when Pluto and Saturn come together, the government itself will be very rocky, it will be challenging even more so, something's going to happen in that year that will make us say, maybe it'll be his, you know, could it be Trump? I, I unfortunately, I'm fascinated by Trump. Have you? Did you read his chart? And? Of course. What, what, yeah. what is this? He—it's interesting. He—he's got something similar to you. He's got double fire. He's Sag Leo, like you are. So he's got this big, bright, shiny, loud presence that walks in the room. But he has oh, your—it's going to sound—and <laughs> he's got an ego, which is okay to say. I—I I know there's so much opinions, and I get so scared talking about it because my whole life's work is turn on your observer and see if you can neutralize and stand out off the planet and look back and go, oh. There's some political leader now who is eliciting so much reaction. Yes, I'm, so so much reaction. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. People are really challenging everything. But There's f- movements now everywhere, I mean, popping up that are sparked from this. Exactly. Yeah. And, there's, and women and so much wonderful tension. However, if we polarize, and this is very Libra, mm-hmm. if we have no bridge to talk about this, if there's no conversation between, like, did you see that thing that 60 Minutes at Oprah did? Mm-mm. She did a 60-minute special having Republicans and Democrats on a round table talking about politics. And after she did it, which was brilliant, this was last week. Trump um, texted, or how do you say? He twittered, and he said um, I, he was all pissed off at her. I don't like her anymore really? <laughs> because he's yeah because she was saying he thought her questions were slanted. I didn't, but he didn't like that he didn't get acknowledged the way. Anyways, the point of the story is she did a really big mm-hmm. act of putting them in the same room, and this is what's required. So in the future, as Pluto enters Capricorn and Saturn, they come together, we are going to have to figure out how are we going to deal with this polarization between Republicans and Democrats, not just here in England and Europe, it's it's happening where we polarize and we fight. So there has to be some new conversation. This is very Libra. My dream Is that we'll start, like what Oprah did, we'll start listening to the other side and agreeing to disagree and putting our attention on what does matter, which is the children and the future and the environment, and it will bring us back to center. My prediction is we're at a very uncomfortable moment, and it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse for how long? I think until, I would love to give you the exact time that Pluto, I want to say sometime in the late winter of 2019, when Saturn and Pluto, I think it's going to be more like, um, I want to say April, May when they come conjunct. And at that point, when we have some kind of major event, it will be up to each of us. And I really pray that you guys are listening to be kind. When you hear the haters, when you see the conflict, let us take the position of the peacemaker let us be listening to the person we don't understand. And I kind of find like, I always want to sit next to someone and say, tell me about your beliefs. And if they're totally opposite of mine, they don't believe in astrology, think it's bunk. And they don't believe in yoga. and This whole thing is a new age bunk. I'm like, can I understand what you do believe in? Now it's a hard conversation because they're so not used to being listened to. Everyone's used to talking over everybody. And not listening at all. So my dream, and certainly in your wake of your, Rachel, because you're such a Libra, is what would it take to be kind enough to actually hear? Because someone has said this recently, so many people, I found out she voted for Trump and we weren't friends anymore. Like, Yeah, it's become
0: a thing almost where, you know, okay, you voted for Trump, so we're out now. But, the, and and I, I was doing this through Instagram and Instagram story because I had, and it also depends on which side you are. So what type of media are you being fed? Because it is true. We're being fed two completely different stories. So whichever side you're on, you're going to be under this belief that this is the absolute truth. But the answer is probably neither is an absolute truth. Exactly. Because nothing really is. So I, I but I was under this impression of um, also not being American, like coming from another uh country we get this very one-sided view of what this is so it was totally unimaginable like who would vote for this guy and then he won and it was so shocking and i asked people on, on instagram like, okay i know i have people following here apparently that white women you know voted him in, in, into presidency why because i really wanted to know what's behind if it's not you know put hillary aside and whatever you liked about obama like just why did you vote for for him and a lot of the stories came back if um, they were deeply personal, of course, deeply, deeply, deeply personal. Someone had uh, had a horrible uh, experience with a child who was sick, who had a really horrible healthcare nightmare happen because of whatever policy was in existence from the prior government. And it was so deeply personal, it almost lost her child. So, of course, here comes this new option of something else. She's going to go with that option no matter what it is. And just listening to those stories of like, okay, there is heart here. There's pain here. There's a reason for everything. And it's not just, you know, this ego, stupid stuff that comes up where we think that people are stupid. Like, of course, that's not it. And once we start listening to that side of the conversation, like, oh, she had fear of losing her baby. That brought her to this place. Okay. Someone else had this. Someone else had this. Same reasons for why we vote for anybody. And once we get to that level of just, we're all human, like we're all just trying to have a good experience we're trying to be safe we're trying to make sure our children are safe that we're cared for that we're taking care of our families
1: that we're abundant that we're happy like we all want the same stuff I know I know so you're so Libra so <laughs> so I, I'm i doing my best and I'm not I have, have to admit it's it's a work in progress to hear him and watch him and watch the public and watch my responses and do everything I can to stay in the observer and still take action doesn't mean I'm neutralizing and I'm passive I'm just trying my best to not polarize and add more argument i was listening to marie what's her name that famous she's got um school b b school marie i don't know her yes you must know her i do she has a huge (laughs) following and she was interviewing brene brown and it was so interesting brene brown the vulnerability not marianne No, no, I've done a recession for Marianne Williamson, not her. No, Marie, you guys all know this. We're all writing it like crazy right now. Anyways, it's it's called um, B-School and she was interviewing Brene Brown and she had this profound, Brene Brown, don't attack, stop using negative words. Do what we can to stop saying they're stupid and we hate them and they're, you voted for him so now I hate you. Like, hold on. We've got to stay open and listen. And this is the last art that's not being done on this planet. How do we hear the people we don't agree with? How do we actually have enough heart? So I practice this. I do it with the kids I'm working with. It's very hard. It's such an exercise, a muscle. So with your husband, when you're arguing, like, can I just hear your point of view? And he's totally disagreeing with you. He's, Of course, he's wrong. And you want to just tell him (laughs) wrong. And then you stop and go, let me make sure I'm hearing you because this is so confusing. And you try your best and it's a practice and it's going to change the planet. And this is called true listening. And it's a deep, deep skill set that I've prided myself on, as you saw yesterday, like really hearing somebody and seeing it through their eyes and trying to imagine what does the other person like, how does her mom feel about this? And Like the person that you would think is the, the um, pregnant, how do you say that word? The one that's mean, the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. I always try to see it through their eyes. Like, what's it like to violate what's it like to be that evil, that dark? Hmm. Now that's a hard point of view, but my desire this lifetime is truly to bring peace and it won't happen by calling people dumb. You did something really interesting when you arrived here. So
0: I have to tell this story. So Deborah arrives, she's on a whim out of the blue, (laughs) flying from Colorado to Aruba and she arrives. And then in customs, they gave you a really hard time because you didn't have the address of where you were staying. And you met, and I was like, oh shit, I can't believe I forgot to get that. Oh my God. Oh, if I like, I was expecting you to come out like fuming because I know how horrible they are to you if that happens in customs. And you met this lady and then what what happened? She was so
1: mean. She was so mean. And she was like completely rude. I could see that she was like one of those mean, I want to say evil, but that kind of, and so, and then she said, you go sit down. And I was like, so I, because you didn't have the address. Yeah. She was like, go, and there was nobody there. Go sit down in that chair and go figure it out. I was like, well, First of all, I didn't know, how am I going to get Rachel's address? I don't even know what to do. So I I turn around, and I suddenly realized, wait a minute. I'm not going to take no for an answer. So I went two people down to the um, custom agent, and I said to her, she's being really mean. Can you help me? And she looked at me, and she winked, and she was like, I can help you. And then and then she stamped the passport, and, I, and then I walked out, and I felt I felt that feeling you're talking about where I was – so pissed off. And I was talking out loud to myself. That's how I know I'm pissed off. I'm like, that was so mean. That lady's miserable. And then I caught myself. I was in the mirror. I was getting ready in the bathroom and I stopped and I went, thank God, number one, I'm not her. I always imagine what was God thinking when they made her? Like, what's going on with her? And then I just blessed her. And I thought, okay, well, someone has to send her a blessing. So then I just, (laughs) I let myself drop into the negativity. You can't override. You can't bypass the negativity because I was pissed. And I took a deep breath. My observer kicked in. I looked over and I thought, what was God thinking when they made her? And then I thought, you know what? She just needs a blessing. She must be really, really sad Mm because no one treats people like that. Unless you're really, really sad. And then I got in the car and there you
0: were. And then you were so happy and shiny and everything is awesome. I was like, oh my God, that must have been a great customs experience. Yeah, <laughs> so right, I'm for like, about no. 13 seconds. I blessed her. And I think that's the way if, if we all reacted that way to challenging people coming in our path, you know, because they're just challenging our belief set or or whatever it is like there is a way to turn that around and bring love to there maybe she had a total change at the end of that day where she was like oh I feel a little better about myself you never know exactly the
1: magical (laughs) energy that can go on inside of your thought process when you take on the role the one that blesses and everywhere I go and I know you do this everywhere I go my dad taught me this when I was very young just leave people with a smile now that's our silly person we've got fire and air so it's easy for us we Mm -hmm. tickle people all the time I love tickling people (laughs) and your baby that little baby she looks at you and you're done yeah that's it it's ridiculous all she has to do is smile and you're like she likes me
0: She's smiley smileiest. like it's it's the best she's here to to show a lot of love that's for
1: sure and that's what we're all here to do so if everyone took the position of who can i bless and when the perpetrator is evil and when there is so much dark to stop time close your eyes and see if you it's not easy it's, a, it's just like yoga it goes through the discomfort you stretch into this poor woman I, I'm so glad I'm not her. It's my secret. And then turn it around to compassion. I mean. And that's my book, The Missing Element. That would
0: change the world. I mean, this sounds like a very simple thing. It's hard in practice, but I think the more you do it, the easier it becomes to immediately not drop into your own ego of like, oh, fuck you. And there, you <laughs> know what? Go, oh, There's wait. so
1: many millennials out there who are elders because this was true of me since I've been very young, that I've always wanted to bless. So anyone listening that's out there that you feel like you love the tarot or you love playing those oracle cards or picking your angel cards or you love doing the meditation, you love chanting, and all those spiritual doorways all suggest that your soul's being beckoned to be the one who's taking the high road. So if anyone out there who thinks they're young, but they know they're old, that was my problem when I was Mm. young. I knew I was old when I was young. If you can try to see yourself as the one that can make the difference, who cares how old you are? You could be the one that blesses a situation and tries to take the high road or ask the question like, why was she... What was that after you get past the pissed off part? Because right. you can't bypass it. You have to first. get pissed off. Yeah. It's too, way too spiritual, spiritual, I call those people. Yes, Are they the pretend guy, they're all, you're smiling Oh all my the time. God, bull. Yeah, no, it's it's not like, it has to go so, anger has to go somewhere. And you have to let it out. And then you come back to your senses and go, uh oh, yeah. I just got triggered. I matched the mean lady. Now there's two of us. Well, there's
0: two of us. And I don't want to <laughs> be spreading. like her.
1: Exactly. So stop right there, take a deep breath and say, what was God thinking when she made you?
0: Mm, there is a way, there is a way. And not talking about it, just having this conversation. It feels so simple. Like it would all be so simple if we just had this mindset. But no if we one's taught us more. this.
1: No, we're not taught this. It's very, very And that's true. part of what just happened with you and I, is mm-hmm. because I live in a place of calm, because my childhood, which you've never heard, was so, so, so traumatic. I grew up in Detroit, and my grandfather was murdered, and there was nothing but scary things from the minute. My father was in the mafia, and we were followed by the FBI. It was a terrible, terrible childhood, like scary. And then I learned that everything that could go wrong did go wrong when they took my dad away and all the things I was scared of. And then I realized... I could change all of it with a thought, with a breath, with my ability to be calm. So now, having had so many things go wrong, I've realized that nothing can take me out of my center. I hate to say that. I don't want to be tested. But I can promise you that I know the skill. That so no The matter, past is the past <clears throat> and you're here. And I'm here. And whatever happens, I trust that I... Who do I trust? I trust me and my spiritual connection that absolutely angels brought me here today. Like I know... That it, the guy sitting on the airplane next to me, like that was a complete opportunity for me to bless him. And the idea of the angels, that
0: was something also very simple. You said to me almost in passing. So this fear that I have that I'm in charge of Lea Luna's life. And you said, well, you're not in charge. I'm like, what? If I'm not in charge, who's in charge? I'm her mom. Of course I'm in charge. Well, she has her own angels. And there was a little part of me that just went like, oh, like I've just been waiting To have the remembrance of that. Like, one, I am not the master of the universe, you know. I do not control who lives or dies. I can try and make myself miserable on the way, but I I just, I don't. But number two, like, she has her own angels. And then, like, it really clicked with me. And I was watching her in the monitor later in the night. and And I just visualized that. Like, oh, she has her own angels. She has her own protectors. She has her own purpose here. She's an individual person. She's not you know, I'm not, I'm not everything here. I'm not God. And I just like put the monitor down
1: and I slept really well. I'm all so night. glad. <laughs> it was really... See, and if every mother could give their child trust, the child will learn trust, which is what we didn't get as kids. Hmm. It wasn't safe, but it is safe now. And she's learning it by your example. So we're changing you guys, all these millennials listening today, you're changing the future. Like we do, you don't have to play out the same stupid stories that your parents imposed on you by changing how you treat your kid and how you treat your husband and how you treat your body and how you treat your food. Like my parents, my mom fed me Twinkies and Pop-Tarts. I swear, <laughs> my whole childhood, I had Twinkies and Pop-Tarts and I kept having a stomach cake. Oh, I wonder why. <laughs>
0: I and now why. my,
1: and now my kids, whether they, they eat what they want to eat, but I role modeled for them, not obsessively, but here's what it looks like to be healthy and turn into Benjamin Buttons.
0: Mm-hmm. You're a living, breathing example of that. So. Yes. <laughs> thank you. There's so, so many thank yous for you, but thank you. Thank you for sharing mm-hmm. your light and your wisdom and. Making this so accessible and easy to understand because I think it's it's it is a not a lost art form. It's just it's been
1: in the background and a little very bit. abstract mm-hmm. and very complicated. And that's what my school is, and that's what the Star Community is. It simplifies it. And so thank you because look at you're doing. You've got this bright shiny light with a magnet. Someone you get so, it's you brought all these people and then I get to help all that's like this is a perfect. Magical. I know I'm so it's a thankful. Match made in heaven literally. But thank you, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank
0: you, Deborah. I'll see you. Uh, I'll soon. see you soon again in our oh dreams. God. I'll oh see you
1: in my dreams. Mm. I'm not going very far.
0: <laughs> I know that, and we'll be visiting you in Kauai.
1: Aloha. Soon. Aloha.
0: Thank mm. you. <laughs> Thank you so much to my guest, Deborah Silverman, for joining me on this week's show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to listen and subscribe to other great episodes of From the Heart Conversations with Yoga Girl. You can find all of these on rachelbraithon.com, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or anywhere you normally get your podcasts. Don't forget to leave a review while you are there. Thanks to the folks at Cadence 13 for their production work. And of course, thanks to my sponsors, Sunbasket, Four Sigmatic, and Quip. Please support them the way they support this podcast. I'll see you next week.